0: In today's show, I'm looking at the rookies from the 2021 NBA draft and putting them into tiers for Dynasty League's Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are looking at the rookies, some drafted, some not, from the 2021 NBA draft eligible pool of players. And I'm trying to rank them for dynasty Dynasty Fantasy Leagues. So let's... Get into it, but before I do, um, it's hard, this one, because this draft went off the rails. There's some really good players in this draft for sure, but a lot of the guys that I really like for fantasy went way later than expected. So that makes me think that maybe the prioritization of them on those teams will be lower. So trying to work out where they all fit for Dynasty Leagues is tough. Now, in Dynasty Leagues, you're generally not trying to look too much at fit because we're trying to project three, four, five, eight years in the future as to what their overall value will be. And you hope that talent in the end wins out, but it doesn't always get realized. It doesn't always work out. So it is always fraught with danger. These are not a straight one to 60 ranking. They are put in tiers. So it's this group of players in this area, this group of players in this area, And it's me just trying to work out, well, this guy might have a really fantasy-friendly game, but if I'm not convinced that they're a long-term NBA player who gets good minutes, then they get knocked down a few. But if this guy doesn't have a particularly fantasy-friendly game, but I expect him to play for a long time with good minutes, then his value does rise there because minutes are an important factor when looking at all of this. And this is mainly based on value in category leagues. It is going to be transferable for points leagues as well. But yeah, with points leagues, of course, there's plenty of different formats. But in general, when we're looking at this, it will be relevant across every single format. So it's not, because we're not looking at exact projections, exact rankings, because we can't do that five years, eight years down the track. This is just trying to work out the players who we think are good, who also have good fantasy friendly games and merging those two things together. So enough of that bullshit. Let's uh, let's get into it. Talk about it straight away right here. And in tier one, you're going to be absolutely flummoxed, surprised, shocked, astounded to know that Cade Cunningham sits in tier one by himself. Now, it was close in terms of whether he would remain in tier one by himself. There was someone I was considering putting there, but no, uh, I am going to stick with Cade there. Really good shooter, elite percentages, Um, can generate assists, steals, rebounds, hits threes, can score. This is a guy that has top five fantasy upside, not as a rookie, but could easily be a top 30 player as a rookie. Um, And if you have number one pick in a dynasty rookie draft, you have to take him. Um, I understand that some won't. And if you are one of those who, who wouldn't, Please, if you are watching this on YouTube, let me know in the comments. Who would you take? Would it be Jalen Green? Would it be Jalen Suggs? Would it be Evan Mobley? Let me know what you would do down in the uh, in the comments if you wouldn't take Cade. But to me, it's one that if you are in a dynasty league, you've been tanking for this pick to try and get number one so you could get your hands on Cade Cunningham. And now he's here and you are uh, taking him as a tier one player. He's on his own. Tier two is also a single player tier. And that is Evan Mobley. Now, you know that I had Mobley marginally ahead, a real bee's dick in it, ahead of Jalen Green in the actual draft, um, but that's not why he is ahead of, in terms of, if I looked at NBA draft big board or my tiers for a an NBA draft, Green and Mobley would have been in the same tier, but to me, Mobley's fantasy value is higher than Jalen Green's because he can pass. He can block shots. He can give you high field goal percentage. I think in time he can be an efficient um, three point shooter. Even if it's on low volume, he can be a rebounder and he can score. He's got all the makings of a Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, perhaps Joel Embiid type of um, fantasy skill set. And if that does all work out, that is top 10, top 15 type of guy. Now, there is, you know, the reason he was close to getting into tier one. The reason is that I'm not, you know, not certain. That he can be that player or ever have enough strength or enough offensive gravitas to be that high usage guy. But the potential is there. So to me, if I've got pick two, I'm taking Mobley in that spot because I don't see that for Green. I think Green can become a high-level scorer, but can he add assists, rebounds, steals, and be efficient from the field and from the line and hit a bunch of threes? I think he can do a lot of that stuff, but that might top out at top 30 whereas I think Mobley can get to top 10 or top five. So that's why I've got Cade out in tier one, Mobley in tier two, and then we start to spread out as we get into the other tiers for Dynasty rookies. Tier three, we've got three players in that group. We've got a pair of Jalens, Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs, and then also Alperen Sengun, moves into that spot as well. Now, of course, Green was the number two pick in the draft. Suggs was the number five picked in the, in the draft. Not surprising to see those guys be in the top five of Dynasty rookies. But Shengoon was picked at number 16, which to me was a horrible slide, but his numbers are absolutely insane. High steals, high blocks, unbelievable rebounds, unbelievable scoring, high field goal percentage, high free throw percentage. I think he will be able to take threes at the NBA level. I think he can. He also got a lot of assists as well. He has, now the likelihood of him getting to this is lower than, say, an Evan Mobley. But if it works out, this is top 10 fantasy production from Shengun. It's unlikely to work out. It might be 10% chance that he can get to there, but it is a possibility. Suggs has a really nice steal rate, good assists, good rebounder, can hit some threes, albeit on low volume in college. The percentages are all right. This is a guy that you maybe your best case is top 30, probably can be a consistent top 40, top 50 player in fantasy. And I think Green is the same. Maybe a little bit higher than Suggs and Shengun in terms of overall ceiling or expected ability to get to that ceiling, but not as high as a Mobley or Cunningham. So in tier three, again, it's a bit of dealer's choice there. Do you want to swing for the fences on a Shengun? Or do you want to take the more safe option in Jalen Green or a safer option there in Jalen Suggs? So to me, they are the three guys that I have sitting in tier three for Dynasty Rookie Ranks. If I was doing Rookie Ranks for protein bars, Built Bar is number one because they are the best tasting protein bar ever. Not only are they delicious, but they are also healthy. But let's talk about the deliciousness first. It's like eating a candy bar. Great flavors, nine standards at the moment. Coconut, Cherry Barsia, raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, plus German chocolate. And then they also bring out these limited time flavors as well. So if you can get your hands on any of those, do it. Grasshopper cookie one they got going at the moment. But they're not only delicious, they are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, and just four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Go to built.com. use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so that's the first three tiers done. Let's go on to tier four of our Dynasty Rookie Rankings. There's a lot of players in this group. Let's start with Scotty Barnes, Barnesy. Now, you know that I didn't like the pick of Barnes at number four. I worry about how his shooting can translate. But I do recognize that he is a very good defensive player. And I think he can be a pretty good defensive player in the NBA, if not a really good defensive player in the NBA. I do rec- recognize that. He can get steals at a high rate. He can get assists at a high rate. He's not the greatest rim protector, so he's not going to be that high-level block guy like Draymond Green, but he can be a high field goal percentage guy despite not being a good shooter. But there's always going to be a free throw issue. There's going to be a scoring issue. There's going to be a three-pointer issue. But still, if he has a solid enough role, if it does work out, there is real fantasy production there. And he could have snuck into that top three, uh, that third tier. We've also got Josh Giddy there. Again, the rebounds and assist numbers for Giddy puts him into this level alone. There's no certainty that anybody works out for for rookies, really. But Giddy's ability to be an elite passer with a strong rebounding number. And I think there is some scoring and three-point shooting upside and some ability to get some steals for for Giddy that does put him in this area. I've got John Kaminga here. Look, his fantasy translations coming out of the G League were not good because of the horrible shooting. I do think there's room to improve it. He could also turn up and be a Cam Reddish-type shooter in the NBA, which has been terrible so far. But he does have the frame. I think he's got the ability to get steals and block shots. And he will take threes, even though they won't go in. He will take them, and he can be a good rebounder. And that all does equal some fantasy success. Moses Moody. When you look at Moody Moody. Moody Moody. Moody. Moses Moody. Moses Moody. Moses Moody. I just like what he can do. I think he's a really solid NBA wing with a higher ceiling than many are projecting. Good shooter, good defense. Can pass a little bit, can score a little bit. Um, Just a lot about his game that I do like. And I think he can be a solid rotation guy. So two Warriors rookies in there. And then Franz Wagner, who again is a player that can contribute across the board. Like Kaminga, steals and blocks. He adds assists. He can be a rebounder. We need to get a little bit more volume in the scoring and to hit more threes, but I think percentages can end up being okay as well. Just a really solid player. Now, out of these guys, I'd say Barnes and Giddy are the most likely to be perennial top 40 guys. They probably won't be, but they're most likely to. Kaminga's probably got the highest upside out of this group to be a top 20 guy if it all comes together. Whereas Modi, uh, Modi, Modi, moozy Moody, Moody, Perkins is fucking with my head now. Um, Moses, Moody is going to be um, a a guy that I think can just have multiple like top 60, top 75 seasons without ever pushing into that elite type range. And the same goes with Wagner, who can be just that guy that if it works out, he's consistently in that 60 to 80 type range. Very similar to a former Orlando Magic player in Evan Fournier, who was never able to push higher than that, but was always able to be in that sort of area. So that's how I've got those guys set out. Tier 5, I've only got two players. Two players who were picked in the 20s. Usman Garuba, and Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson put up really good fantasy stats. The three-pointers are a real concern because he just doesn't take them, and I think the shot is really off at the moment, and I'm not ever sure it gets there. But he is a power forward type player, small forward who can pass. who has got really good passing ability as an initiator type, who can put the ball in his hands. He gets steals, he blocks shots, and he can finish all right at the rim. The free throws and the overall shooting is a worry. I worry where the usage goes, but that passing, steals, and blocks combination is a very interesting one. And he's got time to develop. It won't happen straight away for Jalen Johnson. I think we're all aware of that. But there is an ability there. Well, Garuba, I just look at him and go, I, I think this guy is the best draft, the best defensive player in this draft class. That's going to get him minutes. Now, can that turn into a guy that gets eight rebounds, one steal, 1.2 blocks, 58% shooting because he only takes shots around the rim? Maybe does it mean that he ends up at yeah, his peak fantasy value is Steven Adams, which is not great, but it's still, his defensive ability makes me think he has a long NBA career without reaching huge peaks of fantasy value. Now, he could absolutely explode and just become a two steals, two blocks guy. Very unlikely, but he could do that. So that's why I've got him in there at tier five. Tier six, we get bigger. A lot of guys in this tier. James Booknight, now, a lot of people don't like my takes on book night and they put stuff out. He's just an elite scorer. He's a three-level scorer. Well, he's not because he's not a scorer from outside three. Hitting 29% of your threes does not make you a good, good scorer from out there. And then I worry what else he does. He can't pass. Can he get steals? I'm not sure about that. Can he hit free throws? Yes. Will he get to the line enough? I'm not sure. There is upside there to be a good level scorer, but I think his overall ceiling is limited in fantasy especially. And I put it similar to where Bones Highland sits because he's in the same tier. Guy that scores, could be a really good three-point shooter and self-creator. Not sure what else he does. Can he generate some steals? Maybe. So I've got him there. Isaiah Jackson's an interesting one because his fantasy numbers are really, really strong. Because a high block rate, high rebound rate. Now, I'm not sure he's ever going to get, especially in the next three years, an opportunity to play enough minutes to be higher than this. But out of this group, he really does have that ability to jump two to three tiers if he can establish himself as a full-time starting center because of the great rim protection numbers. I've got Keon Johnson there as well because I do like Keon's overall upside, although at the moment, his numbers do not translate well. But because I do believe in him becoming a solid player, then I've got him there. Trey Mann is the opposite. I'm not as high on Mann as a player, but some of his fantasy translation numbers are relatively strong. So that's where it's the mix. It's the mix of how good your translation numbers are, where you can fit in a rotation. He's got an opportunity in Oklahoma City as well, which is important. And then I also put the package Jaden Springer here. Um, Again, it's going to be a time away before he gets an opportunity in Philadelphia. He might not get an opportunity in Philadelphia. He might be a tradable guy. He's got a battle with Tyrese Maxey there. But he could also just be someone who's chucked in and say a Ben Simmons trade and gets an opportunity somewhere else. And I think he can develop into a guy that runs an offense, can become a solid scorer, but really, really good defensively with steals and can get some assists. And there is value in that. And then Zaire Williams is an upside play. Yeah, obviously shit house in college, couldn't shoot, didn't score, didn't really do anything well. But if Memphis believes in him at number 10, then I'm going to put him and have some belief in him in this area in tier six. My belief in him is not high. And as I said, this draft was so wacky and all over the place that it is hard for me to really place these guys in tiers. Zaire, I believe, now I think Matt Lawson, who's on Twitter at NBA Dynasty ADP, you should know him, he's got some early results from rookie ADPs. Zaire's ADP is 11.5. It's insane to me. Yeah, book Knight at 10 is probably a little bit too high for me as well. But Zaire at 11 is pretty insane. But yeah, that the there is the possibility of him being an impact guy, so I've got to include him in this area. Um, tier 7, Jared Butler. I know he went at number 40. I found it ridiculous that he slid that far. The heart thing is absolutely a concern. But if that's all good then he can be really an NBA-caliber rotation player. We've had plenty of guards in the second round be useful. Or well, late first, Karis Levert and Malcolm Brogdon, two players on the paces who are both late picks who develop into useful fantasy players. I think Butler can become that guy eventually. Sharif Cooper. What's my theme music? Cool. Now, obviously, horrible field goal percentage, but he did generate steals despite being a bad assi- uh, bad defensive player, but high assists high usage, good scoring, and importantly, elite free throws on high volume. The likelihood of him at pick 48 actually becoming a high-level NBA starter is pretty limited, but you got to take that upside swing to me. What like teams should have been taking that upside swing in the draft on Cooper, I think when you're getting to this sort of area, you got to be t- taking a swing on him, like him versus a Chris Duarte, who I do have in the same tier because Duarte probably has more immediate impact, despite me saying older players don't... Usually, you know, that's not a guarantee. But the fact that, you know, Cooper's in this situation where he's just not going to get that role in Atlanta, whereas Duarte could play 20 minutes straight away. He might not be good at them, but he could get those minutes straight away. But Cooper, that upside is there. Duarte did profile okay from a fantasy perspective. But given he's 24, given I don't think there's huge upside growth in him, that's why I've got him down this far. I've got Kai Jones here as well. There There is some upside in Jones because he can be a rebounder and a shot blocker but I'm not massively high on him. Then I've got Juice McBride and Davion Mitchell. Now, you're going to say that Mitchell is ridiculous to have him this low. I just do not buy Mitchell as a guy that's going to play 30 minutes a night in the NBA. I had him in the 20s in my big board in in my draft. I know he went at pick nine, but it's not like there's a clear path to minutes in Sacramento. So he's not like a regular pick nine where he's going to come in and play 30 a night. So to me, we should be viewing him in this area. And that's where I've got him. He is a high steal rate guy, but will he ever get enough minutes or be good enough, and he is older, to play enough minutes for that to be a tier four or five guy? Now, he could easily be that. He could be a tier three player if I'm completely wrong on that because that high steal rate and the, the assist numbers, which could improve, are solid. But I, I don't buy it. Yes, yeah, so I've got him in this tier seven. Again, you're going to completely disagree with that. And I, I 100% understand that many people will disagree with that uh, take on Davion Mitchell. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, UFC, MMA, and PGA Golf. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus by using our promo code Locked Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, next tier, tier eight. Seven players in this one, Corey Kispert to the Wizards. I don't think there's particularly high upside, but can be an efficient three-point shooter. Trey Murphy, I think higher upside than what Kispert brings, only marginally so, but again, a really elite shooter. This is a deep cut. Philip Petrusev for the Philadelphia 76ers, pick 50, but just an insane statistical profile over in Europe. This is one you'd have to wait on. He'd probably just be a backup to an Embiid, but we've seen players who are backups to Embiid, like Rashawn Holmes, actually turn into really valuable fantasy guys four or five years down the track, and I think Petrusev could end up being that. Josh Primo, the 12th, 12th Primo, I'm gonna always get that mixed up. Josh Primo, the 12th pick in the NBA draft, is way down here. Yeah, he's a shooter, sure, but I'm not really sure anything else he does, and I don't really believe in him as a lottery talent. That's why he's way down here. Namias Kater for the Sacramento Kings. High block rate, good rebounder, good field goal percentage. If he gets meaningful minutes, then he'll be really useful. Cam Thomas, again, it's one that's probably not gonna happen for a few years, but can be a volume scorer, and that always has fantasy value. And then the God of Hammers, JT Thor. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Just a real upside swing on a guy with huge defensive potential who does, I think, have some offensive upside as well. He comes in at tier 8. So a mix of guys there with different skill sets, but I think they're all your tier 8 players. Tier 9, Charles Bassey, another Philadelphia 76ers backup big man. Now, him and Petrosev are both not going to have value on the Sixers, but Bassi, another guy with big scoring, big rebound, big block, good percentage numbers while he was playing for Western Kentucky. Injuries were a problem. He might not ever work out, but if we're going to compare him to other guys taken, Bolsa Kaprovica around that time, weirdly enough. yeah, Bassi, to me, is a clear, clear better upside play because if it does work out for him, he's got that ability to put up some big numbers. I've got BJ Boston there. Now I've got BJ Boston there mainly. Like out of all of I I fantasy translated about 100 players' value and Boston was literally the worst. The second worst was Josh Primo. Um but again, Boston's pedigree, the fact that you know maybe COVID screwed him around, maybe the Kentucky system screwed him around. Just makes me want to take more of a flyer on him. I've got Josh Christopher there as well, who can be a bit of a scorer, but percentages and peripheral stats are always going to be a concern. And then Herb Jones, who's the opposite. He's not going to be a scorer or a shooter, but can bring in some defensive numbers if he finds a regular rotation role. there in my tier nine group. Tier 10, Santi Aldama, first round pick of the Memphis Grizzlies. Really good numbers for Loyola last season, but is that going to be able to translate to the NBA? I'm not really sure, but... Again, the translations for him were were pretty solid. Um, a guy that can rebound it well. Okay, block numbers, good field goals, hits threes, scores all right. There's some upside there. Ayo Desumno, Quentin Quinton Grimes, David Johnson, Sandro Mamakalashvili, and Joe Wisecamp round out tier 10. I think Mamakalashvili probably has the highest upside of that group. Maybe you put Grimes in there, whereas the others all seem um, destined to be long-term backups with role-player type value. But they're all in that area. Aldama probably is the highest upside out of that tier 10 group. But I think they're all, you know, I think legitimately in this area. Mamakalashvili playing for the Bucs. It's going to be hard to get a role there initially, but I think we're looking long-term as well. Tier 11, Jolly This is where we get some undrafted guys. Undrafted guy for the Lakers, a two-way. Aaron Henry, undrafted two-way player for the Sixers. Jason Preston. Preston. I like that guy. Preston! Preston! Now, I love the pick of Preston from the Clippers at pick 33 in the draft. I don't know whether it's going to work out at all, and that's why I've got him as far down as I have. But, yeah, there is a real chance that he could just be better than this and be you know, four or five tiers higher, really. So maybe there's some higher upside there. I've got Jero- Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who was a 32nd pick for the Thunder. Just a really good defensive player. I'm not really sure how much it translates to fantasy. Dayron Sharp was a first-round pick. I don't particularly like his current modern NBA fit but he can be a good rebounder. And Isaiah Todd, who you know, in hindsight, I probably should be a little bit higher on Todd. Good steal and block rates for the G League, good solid percentages, good rebounder. I'm not convinced of that he can be a strong NBA long-term player. And in fact, out of everyone I translated, he was one of the highest guys. In fact, the third highest translation number. Shengun first, Kata second, Todd third, Bassey fourth, and Isaiah Jackson fifth. So take that for what it's worth, but and then you've got to put into consideration near how many minutes he ends up getting and whether you believe in him long-term as a player, which I don't quite, but he is um, an interesting fantasy t- target nonetheless. Tier 12, Johan Begarin, Greg Brown the third, Justin Champagny, Kessler Edwards, Ruckus Jocubitis, Isaiah Livers, and Jericho Sims. They probably have the highest upside there with Jocubitis or Livers, but again, these are guys who are probably not ever going to have really any sort of NBA impact, um, in most cases. And then for my last tier, I included everyone who was drafted. So Delano Banton, Luca Garza, Raquan Gray, Georgios Kaladzakis, Bolsa Kaprovica, Scotty Lewis, and Aaron Wiggins, all drafted. And I'm throwing in an undrafted guy for the Indiana Pacers, Dwayne Washington Jr. out of Ohio State into that tier 13. So there's other undrafted guys I don't have in these tiers. And you can just put them probably around this similar tier 13 type range. That'll do it for me today, Dynasty Rookie Ranking tiers. Let me know what you thought, whether that's on Twitter or in the comments below on YouTube and follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up, leave comments, subscribe, follow, notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.